Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. So my final guest this evening is Becky Bradshaw, Executive Director of Estates and Facilities at the University of Northampton. Good evening, Becky, and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me this evening to celebrate International Women's Day 2022. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, so hi Cameron, uh, my name is Becky and as you just mentioned I'm Executive Director of Estates and Campus Services at the University of Northampton. Fabulous, so Becky, um, some people might not be aware of what an Executive Director of Estates and Facilities is and what they do on a day-to-day basis, do you want to tell us a little bit about your job and your role? Yeah, of course. Um, Oh, that's a tough one, actually, because every day is so different. Um, And that's actually one of the things that I absolutely love um, about the role and about the job is that that it is so varied. So I look after, um, uh, I suppose, the custodian of the university's estate. Um, So it's founds, it's buildings. um, And my role, I suppose, is to ensure that that we've got world-class and world-class facilities in order to to be able to teach our our students in. Um, I lead a a rather large, diverse team. So there's about 240 colleagues in in, in total that that kind of form the the people base that actually makes all these things happen. Um, And it kind of brings the department alive so um and then in addition to the kind of bricks and mortar element um uh, so part of my role is to really try and um, embed us embed, embed the university in the town center and interact with our local community um, and really ensure that that um the the sort of the university's campus is much more around much more of a place place making i think um rather than just being about uh, about buildings um, and I think that kind of that element of, of being not just about buildings. So a lot of people will, will, will sort of think of an estates-related role um, as somebody that is looking after the bricks and mortar. But for me, this role is not actually about buildings. It's about people predominantly, um, people and how they interact with our buildings and facilities and the, and the campus more generally. And that's predominantly our students, but also staff and the local community. Okay, so I'm really glad that you didn't undersell what you do there as just buildings, Becky, because no. <laughs> I know, I know, but our listeners might not be aware that it's much, much more than that. So before before I ask you about your journey into the role, I'm going to ask you a little bit about that local community and the engagement with the local community. So can you tell us a little bit about the sorts of things you might have done or have done or are planning? 
Yeah, so so when we, when the university moved to its new Waterside campus in 2018, um, we spent probably the, the first 12 or, or, or sort of 15 months or so um, really trying to make sure that the, the site itself, the campus itself, um, was fully operational and we kind of were, were working through lots of teething problems, etc. And then our next stage was to really look at um, uh, that that it's sort of embedding within the community. And the way I describe it to people often is that we moved our campus location, we picked something up and, and, and moved it in, in elsewhere in the town, but now we've got to grow roots where we are. Fortunately for us, as we all know, um, in March 2020, um, the, the, the pandemic hit, and that put some of those, well, originally I thought it would put some of those plans on hold, but it actually um, enabled us to do is forge partnerships and relationships in a way that we probably would never have been able to achieve in the time scale that we did. Mm. Um, so working with the local community um, and working with local partners, the local authority, um, Northampton General Hospital, um, for the public health team, etc. I think we really managed to um, to demonstrate just, uh, I suppose, the role that the university can play um, in the local community um, and how much benefit that we could that we can bring. And now, so my job is we're coming out of the pandemic. Is how can we how can we move that on um, and make sure that um, that the town is benefiting from our presence and vice versa, really. Okay. Okay, and we all, you know, I think that listeners, and I know that you've you've um, spoken about this before, and listeners may have seen the great work that the team, you and your team, did during the pandemic. But as you say, it is now about how we can move it on and and embed ourselves even further into our local community, isn't it? Absolutely. So you know, I'm I'm very 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 proud of everything, not only. The, the, the department that I lead did during that period, but also the university um, that's more generally. But I think we're all quite keen now to move on from that period um, as much as we can, um, and <laughs> kind of put that to that. I know, I know, I know, I know. We're not out of the pandemic, but certainly that that phase, um, and and really start to look towards the future. Um, yeah. Make sure that the, that the campus is exciting and. Um, and vibrant and that our students um, community can participate and take part in community events um, and that they really feel like they belong to Northampton and they're contributing to Northampton yeah. um, and that Northampton Town can contribute to their um, their experience here at the University of Northampton. Yeah fabulous thanks Becky. So we've talked a little bit about your role and I will say it's a little bit because as I say I know how much you and the team do so it's a it's a, a small part of your role but actually mm. what I think what um I would like to know and some others might be interested in is can you share a little bit of your journey into this role because it wasn't a it wasn't a case of Becky Bradshaw thinking oh I'd like to be an executive director of estates and facilities was it <laughs> <laughs> no um do you know what when, when I was thinking about this I thought how did it happen um so uh, so I, I describe myself sometimes as a, an accidental director of the state, so an accidental leader. Um, I certainly never uh, set out on a path to be to be where I where, where I am. Um, I started uh, in a at the university many years ago now in, a, in a, an administrative role actually. Um, so I I, I kind of left school. Um, quite early. I didn't have a kind of traditional university education. 
Um, and I came to the university, like I say, in the administrative role. But what I think I, I had was I kind of, I've, I've always had an ambition to, um, I suppose, do whatever I do really well. Um, and um, I, I realized that I was really, I was interested in people. Um, and there was a role became available in our sort of health and safety team at the time um, here at the university. And I looked um, at, uh, uh, how I how I suppose I I I could um, sort of forge a career in that particular area, yeah. um, and I did um, for 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 sort of several years actually. And then in 2015, the announcement of Waterside or our um, um, our relocation, the university's relocation to Waterside, um, came, and it opened up a whole host of opportunities um, that I think were genuinely once in a lifetime, once in a career type opportunities to really, um, I suppose, show what I was capable of, um, but also to give me those, give me those opportunities. And I, I, I took them, I suppose, um, but always working with people, um, you know, to, to kind of look, always working with people to look towards how we could, how we could be better at what, what we were doing. Yeah. Okay. So, that ended in your role as executive director that was part of the the process then becky yeah so so um as water was announced in 2015 i took a couple of projects on um at that particular time so one in particular um, and i will forever be known as the car parking lady i think <laughs> um, <laughs> um and what, one was um the formation of our travel plan for, for, for water side so we were right. looking at a sustainable travel plan which was a kind of complete boost um kind of review and change of our, of our existing approach um i also took on the sort of role of operationalizing the, the water side campus and i think that gave me um uh, the opportunity to trial areas of um of what you know what, what i would know as estates and campus services that i probably would never have previously interacted with okay um, and then you know some opportunities came with kind of departures of other um other uh, other colleagues um and yeah, that's kind of, I suppose, how it then led to me becoming head of campus services, then director of estates and campus services, now where I am now. Fabulous. Well, that's that's quite an interesting story. Um, so it's quite a, and I, I, I want to say it's unusual um, to find directors of estates and facilities who are female, but I don't think that's as much the case these days. But bearing in mind the theme today about breaking the bias, what sort of issues or challenges have you encountered um, as, a, as a woman in this type of role? Yeah, so it is still actually quite unusual. It's, it's getting better, um, and I'll come on to that in a second. Um, but I'm certainly uh you know in the minority in the in in the room when it comes to directs of the states in, in in the sector um but and i think even when i was um in the kind of safety safety related roles again my professional networks were, were predominantly male um in fact i remember several several occasions where i would be the only female um in the room and i think 
one one thing that always kind of threw me and it really does that sort of damage your confidence I think is that kind of feeling of it being a bit of an old old boys network um you know when you're when you're kind of when you are the only female in the room yeah um, and I and I remember you know jokes that that I that I think you know we we wouldn't hear anymore I'd like to think we wouldn't hear um whether you know whether whether we would or not suppose a different matter but you know jokes about um uh, you know potential potentially sleeping to the top um you know and I and oh. I would think I know I know <laughs> and I remember feeling so unbelievably angry <laughs> absolutely angry about um you know the fact that that was that that was a kind of that then I suppose and not even not an accepted comment but that yeah that that kind of comment was was even allowed to be shared in in those kind of professional yeah. settings but but and I do just want to say that things are so much better so um you know the um I am secretary of the Association of University Directors of the States um, and they've been incredibly welcoming. It's a great professional network to be part of. Um, there are more and more women coming into um, estates directors' roles, um, both in the sector and, um, and elsewhere. Um, my own um, my own leadership team is about 50-50 split now between um, male and female staff. Um, and you know, we, we, <laughs> this afternoon actually. We had um, uh, our our team all kind of lining up for their International Women's Day photos, and actually, we have more male allies than, than we did females in that particular <laughs> setting. And I think that shows me that things are changing. Things are changing. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. It is really disappointing that you know, even in the past, those things have been suggested and said, but oh, it is really. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good to hear that, um, you know, particularly with your, um, you know, membership and relationship of it with ORDS that you've been welcomed so warmly there and that it, things are changing. Yeah. So hopefully it can it can only improve if we if we all support it. So what really motivates you, Becky? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, <laughs> what does get me out of bed in the morning? My mum, my mum, my mum always always says that I've you know, says that I've always been um, from a very young age. She, she remembers as a, as a to toddler, really, really independent, fiercely um, committed to doing whatever I do well. Um, and I think there is an element of that in kind of my own motivation is that if I'm going to take something on, I want to ensure that I do it well. And then that kind of continually motivated. Um, but I think certainly in this role, you know, I, I talked earlier on about the fact that I didn't have a traditional university education. Um, so I did end up going to university, but later on in life. Um, and it, purely because it just wasn't even really a sort of topic of conversation in our household. It wasn't really even, you know, kind of suggested that that, um, that, that would be the sort of path that, that either myself, my sisters would follow. Yeah. And I think what I, what particularly motivates me now is I get the opportunity to really provide an environment, to shape an environment that enables the education of young people so that they can be whoever they want to be. Um, and I think that for me is what is certainly what gets me out of bed in every morning. And I think also 
I just, what I just want to sort of point I shouldn't miss is, you know, is my boys and my husband. So my husband's great, um, but I want to be able to show my boys. So I've got two boys, I've got a 13 year old and an 18 year old. Um, what a strong independent woman can achieve and so that they can allow the space for their future partners, family members, friends, et cetera, to grow and realize their potential. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for me, those are the things that get me out of bed in the morning. That's fabulous. And I will say as a mother of two boys, 13 and 15, I heartily agree with that. So yeah. fabulous. Okay. My last question is um, what advice would you give to other women generally or, um, you know, who may be interested in doing the type of work you did, or as I said, generally? Um, I think, you know, one of the things that um, that I touched earlier on is that kind of taking the opportunities um, as and when they arise. But I think in order to do that, you need to try and get comfortable with being uncomfortable a little bit. Um, and that can be challenging. But I think as part of that process, it's all also about trying to either stop listening or to manage that inner critic so I throughout various points in my career particularly after I came back to work after having children um struggled with that quite substantially actually that inner critic and it's still I still have moments where you know that 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 sort of little person on my shoulder is telling me you can't do this um and I think you know trying to find or develop techniques to quiet and quiet Quieten, um, quieten, yeah, quieten. That critic um, yeah. is, uh, you know, that would definitely be the piece of advice I give, um, because I think that critic can undo so much good <laughs> um, and so much passion and enthusiasm, and um, and can stop you from becoming who you want to be. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice, Becky, because I think a lot of women can relate to that inner critic. So. I'd just like to really say thank you so much, Becky. It's been amazing to have you on the show this evening. But before you do go, do you have a favourite uh, female artist or a song that particularly inspires you? And if you can tell us it, can you tell us why? Of course. So um, I'd like to play, if we can, Alicia Keys' uh, Superwoman. And the reason I'm cho choosing this track is, um, so many years ago now, um, I was uh, a when uh, a birthing partner for a very, very close, um, an old friend of mine. And she had this song um, on in, well, she had this album on in the background actually, but this particular song came on as she was giving birth to her um, youngest son. And it really sort of demonstrates to me the strength of women, just, you know, just how amazing, um, you know, that, that we are, that we can be. And um, so, so that is why I, I, I want to choose this track. Brilliant. And we look forward to listening to that. Thank you very much, Becky Bradshaw. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com 
www.patreon.com/support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.